RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and I am so happy to have you here once again to listen to this thing we call a podcast. Really excited about my guest this week. Uh, Been through the ringer, and um, I believe this is the first interview or one of the first interviews he's done about his situation. And and thank God he's all right because what a what a what a nice guy he is. And talking about Tracy Smothers, who who battled stage four lymphoma, and um and and is still still around to to talk about it. And uh, it's not easy, and his situation wasn't easy. But um looking forward to talking to him. He has some great stories about the territory days, and uh, his days in WWF and WCW. ECW and uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So, uh, so great stuff coming up. Um, I uh, I think you're going to love it. And uh, was happy that he was well enough uh, at this point to be able to jump on because we've been texting back and forth uh, for a month or so trying to figure out a time. But uh, the chemo almost had him out for the count. But uh, he he. he he uh he, he undertakered i guess is the word he uh he he popped out and uh hulked up i guess and uh so thank god for that and so we're looking forward to talking to him hey um want to appreciate those who have reached out on uh twitter at david penzer by the way at david penzer all one word uh about me being back at impact if you watch impact this past week uh you saw that uh uh I was actually in the ring uh, for a couple of segments, and uh, uh, Michael Elgin uh, kind of threw me in the ring. He basically gave me a choice to get in the ring, and uh, or or he was going to um, throw me in the ring. So I decided I would go nicely and rolled in the ring. Looked like a fat bald whale rolling into that ring, but uh, uh, it is what it is, and I'm excited for the opportunity. So. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been fun and I'm looking forward to being there as long as they'll have me, as they've said, I told the story last week about how, um, how that all came about. And, uh, a couple people have asked me on, uh, Twitter, how'd I convince my wife? Cause the story was my wife was watching, we and my wife were watching AEW. She said, I don't know if I'd want you to go do that right now. And I, my, I, I said, basically, well, nobody's going to call me. So there's nothing to discuss. And two hours later, Scott Demore texted me. And so a couple of people wanted to hear the rest of the story, which is how I convinced my wife to let me go up there. And uh, she was not thrilled about it. And I basically told her, uh, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting here going stir crazy. I have an opportunity, not a guarantee, but an opportunity to be back in the wrestling business in different forms. And uh, I said, there's an old movie phrase says, you could get busy living or you could get busy dying and I'm going to get busy living. And thank God I'm still here. Uh, knock on wood. I'm healthy. And, um, and, and so that was how I convinced my wife. Uh, I did drive up 10 hours up and 10 hours back. And if you'd have told me in 2020 at 54 years old that I would ever drive 10 hours each way for a wrestling gig after all the driving I've done and finally was able to earn the right to hop on a plane. I'd have told you that you were out of your ever loving mind, but uh, I drove and uh, got to listen to some podcasts that I've been wanting to listen to that I never have before after taking about an hour to figure out how to hook my phone up to the car so I could uh, get the podcast to, to work. But, uh, I think I even called the boss here, Jerry, and asked him, and he, he wasn't familiar with uh, – I have an Android, so he wasn't familiar with my type of phone. Anyway, so that's the answer to that story, and um, I'm looking forward to continuing with Impact. Uh, nothing but class, how they handled that entire experience, um, and uh, and it was a real, uh, real pleasure uh, being able to be a part of that. And so if you haven't uh, checked out Impact Wrestling in a while and you want to see what I'm up to, uh, you could watch each and every Tuesday, 8 o'clock Eastern on Axis TV. So without further ado, uh, let me bring on my guest this week. 
uh, been through the battle of his life and is still here to talk about it and his career. I'm honored to have Tracy Smothers this week on Sitting Ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, very special guest this week on Sitting Ringside. And before I introduce him, um, I want to read to you something that Chris Hero posted on a GoFundMe page that Chris insisted on starting for my guest this week. And it says, I met Tracy Smothers on a spot show in Wisconsin when I was 19 years old. And I thought to myself, there is no way this guy could be this friendly. Tracy has always looked out for me as a person, as a friend. He just cares. And the reason I read the read that is because it hit home for me. Tracy Smothers, welcome to City Ringside. By the way, uh, glad to have you. Um, hope you're doing okay. We'll get into your circumstances yeah, for sure. Hanging, um, hanging in there, Dave. Thanks but for you, may, you may, oh my, my honor. Uh, you may not remember this, and there's a reason I read that. Um, when I first came to WCW, driving up the enhancement guys. The, 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 yeah. You know, the, the enhancement guys, they, you know, they knew they, you know, they were sort of friendly with me and stuff because I was driving them and renting them a car and all that. And they had agreed to do it. And I got to be friendly with them. But the boys didn't really know what to make of me. I don't know that there'd ever been a person like me around now that I think about it, who was just walking around getting, you know, these big television stars for interviews. Hey, Jim Ross needs you in this room. And hey, uh, you know, will you sign this piece of paper? And people gave me, you know, funny looks and. I'll never forget. I think you were the first or second person that that was a quote unquote star in WCW, not an enhancement talent to, to ever talk to me. And you walked up to me. I'll never forget it. It was in Gainesville, Georgia. And you just said, hey, I'm Tracy Smothers. And I think it was something like, what? Why are you here? <laughs> Something like that. It wasn't rude in any way. You were just, it wasn't rude in any way. You were just trying to, I think everybody's trying know to what figure you did. out. Yeah. I think everybody's trying to figure yeah. out who the hell yeah, I was. Yeah. And, 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 you know, cause I think it was, it was a position like really I said, pretty much you, you kind of did whatever they needed done, right? Whatever, anything, right? Tracy, I Around will there. admit to this day that I was a complete and total stooge and proud to have done it. Um, but you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, you, you had a lot of different hats. But I, well, I was just trying to run doing a lot of stuff. I didn't want I, I wanted them to tell me to, to bring more guys the next week. So I just tried to do as many things as I could. I worked a gorilla position yeah, to get the guys yeah. ready. You know, I ran talent for interviews. Yeah. So, little sign, things that they need. guys in. No. Uh, eventually guys warmed up to me. Junkyard dog named me walking man, which kind of took the kind of I don't want to say heat, but took, you know, kind of everybody just yeah, laughed yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. But you were you were the first you were one. Everywhere. Man. You were the first one. So when somebody said, when I see Chris Hero saying, I thought to myself, nobody could be that nice. Well, I am here to tell you that you are that nice of a man. And I know you've been going through um, some rough times. Um, wanna, wanna, for those who don't know, or even those who do know, uh, you know, just uh, the situation you've been through in the last six months and how you're doing now. Oh, man. Uh End of August, I started getting real bad pains, and I think I'd been bad for a while. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was just getting old. I couldn't hold nothing. Getting, I couldn't hold nothing down, and uh, I was bloating and, and just, you know, uh, nausea, uh, uh, dizzy. Finally, I got checked out uh, about mid-October and uh, got diagnosed as I, – I thought I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, gallbladder or uh, – uh, 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 ulcer. That's what people told me, you know, the, you know, people in the know. And I thought I was just trying to tough it out. And uh, it was a tumor. I uh, had a uh, lymphoma, lymphoma cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. I didn't even know it. And uh, and they uh, so sent me to a specialist and, uh, you know, because I, I first the emergency doctor and at the one first hospital, he said that he thought I had a, a you know, bleeding ulcer. But then he said he found a big tumor. It's rapidly growing. You need to go to a specialist. So I went to Evansville to the Deaconess Cancer Center, and they uh, uh, did the biopsy, and it come with all my cancer, and it said it's treatable with uh, uh, chemo. So I started chemo. Uh, and the hardest thing about any kind of cancer is dealing with chemo. Chemo kills the cancer, but it kills everything else. Right. And I was hospitalized 11 times. Uh, between the middle of October till recently, and about five times days each time, and because it said with my heart, uh, I'd had a blockage in some arteries, and I'd had a heart attack somewhere near, and didn't even know it. 
So I had to do the chemo 24-7, five days a week, five to six days a week, every three weeks. Um, and I'd have to take all the medicine you know, between that. And it just, uh, you know, it was rough. Uh, with, you know, 24, I had to do it slow. and had to monitor my heart. And, uh, boy, it just took a lot out of me. And the side effects off of the chemo, four of the about five times I had to go back in, uh, uh, other than the chemo, uh, b- between the chemo treatments, because of uh, the side effects off the chemo, I had uh, uh, C. almost died. Oh, uh, my kidneys were shutting down. I had a respiratory infection. Uh, I had uh, uh, something called PLS or something uh, in your in my uh, uh, bacteria in my lungs and my heart, and uh, that's a side effect off chemo. And then uh, I had. Uh, uh, ulcer ended up and I had two times I had to have blood infusions and uh, another time they were going to give me blood infusions two days in a row but they wanted to see how I'd react and I was doing better so they didn't do it thank God But uh, and then the last time uh, I'd been out of chemo about a month when I thought I was out of the woods and wasn't going to have any more problems and uh, I got fluid on my lungs real bad I couldn't lay down and sleep nothing and uh, I thought I was out of the woods, and, and they had they drained 2.2 pounds of fluid off of my heart, and uh, so it just it just took a lot out of me. And I was in the hospital five days on that one, and uh, I'm on a lot of medicine now for my heart. And uh, uh, the the cancer is right now is okay, but uh, it can come back. And so I have to really be careful with. Every time uh, when I would come out of the hospital in 24 hours off the chemo, I had to get the uh, booster shot, and my immune's real low, and that takes about a week to kick in. And now uh, uh, I have to really be careful because with this virus going around, I'm real susceptible to catch catch it. Uh, with my immune's, you know, are just I don't know if they'll ever be right, uh, but uh, it's really crazy, you know, and it just it's it. it you know, now all the problem is my heart and the side effects off of the chemo, you know. But I'm just trying to hang in there, and, and uh, I, I can't get out much. If I get out, I, I try not to be around people. Like yesterday, uh, I was going to go to Walmart, and, and I went. I try to go anywhere where it's not many people, which is not anymore because nobody's out. But uh, I couldn't even go in Walmart. Uh, there's too many people in there, and it's just too big a chance. And yeah. I end up going to the dollar store or something, grab one needed because it's just crazy in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's probably not the right place for you to be. I'm not a doctor, but I've been studying this uh, disease. Walmart. And, and I'll tell you this: this is a lot. They uh, we're talking about that. I was taking one of our dogs to get his shots today at the veterinarian, and uh, uh, you know, and, and it is. Uh, Paul's uh, clipped and everything, and it's been limping a little bit, so it's going to just get him checked out. And it's only open one to four now. It used to be like eight to five. Well, uh, it was so packed, crowded, because the only other two uh, animal clinics in the county are closed down. And this one is, you can't get a, you, you have to just go. You can't get a, a, a appointment. You have to just first come, first serve. And uh, if I went there at 1230, it opens at one place, was packed. People can't go inside with their dogs. They can't go in until the, uh, uh, they're ready to treat them because of all the things, the social distancing and everything. And plus, too, they're worried because they're saying now animals are spreading the virus some. So they're really, I mean, people are in their cars and then they had somebody walking around the parking lot getting on to them because people have the dogs out of the car to do their business. You know what I mean? And poor people right. getting irate mad, and they telling them to get back in there. And I thought, good Lord, we're going to have a ride here at a veterinarian clinic. Yeah. And uh, I was there about five minutes, and I knew I wasn't going to get in today. And they said I wouldn't be able to tomorrow, so I got my dog and got out of there. And, and got there home, go. and it's, it's crazy out, you know. Yeah. It's, just, it's just nuts. People are flipping out. Crazy times, man. But I'm glad you're still here to be yeah, a part it of it. Thank God. Hey, listen, I got a, an honest question for you. Um, if if I got diagnosed with stage three lymphoma, um, I probably would go home, uh, curl up on my couch in a ball with a bottle of vodka and cry <laughs> for about three days. How, how do you, 
you know, you, you're not that type of guy. And, and you know, uh, it, it always amazes me what human spirit could do in times like that. But uh, how, how, how do you motivate yourself to uh, to keep rolling when when things are down, when you're feeling real bad? Um, it, it, it's hard. I, I, it's the hardest thing I've ever been through by far. I mean, I wouldn't write, wish it on anyone. And then to come out of that and then have to deal with what's going on now. Oh, Lord. I mean, it was bad enough anyway, but I, I have to watch it. They told me if I'm around somebody with a head cold or even coughs on me, I, it could get me bad. And uh, that's pretty scary. But, yeah, I just pray. I mean, I mean, I think what's wrong with a lot of people is they put uh, uh, panic before prayer and, and fear before faith. And they make fun of all that and, and everything of Christianity and do. But then you wonder and you see all this stuff with the uh, – all the natural disasters we're having, you know what I mean? Tornadoes and hurricanes and fires. And yeah, it's hard not to get down sometimes with my condition and everything. You just feel helpless. There's nothing you can do. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so stir crazy. You wouldn't believe it. It's, it's nuts. Uh, if you don't mind, if you if you if you have uh, the energy, let's do something which is a lot funner than uh, uh, than um, than talking about the crazy world we live in, and talk about your yeah. career. Talk about your career in the wrestling business because uh, you've uh, had quite the journey. Um, I saw that uh, it was an interesting combination. Usually, athletes in high school who go on to become wrestlers who come on my podcast, they'll say, you know, I played basketball, football, and I wrestled, or I played football and hockey and 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 yeah. and track and field. I, I noticed that uh, when I was doing the research on you, you played uh, football, wrestling, and golf. The golf. I, I don't think I've ever had anybody on the podcast. Uh, in two and a half years who played yeah. golf, but uh, I played baseball too. I didn't play baseball my senior year. I played sports, I played wrestled, played football. I wrestled, played football, played golf team and played baseball. But my senior year, I didn't play baseball, but I played golf. I started playing golf when I was eight years old. And I, I used to caddy for a guy that ended up and, and, and played who taught me how to play. Um, named Jeff Walker. He played at the university of Tennessee, uh, you know, on the golf team, and he played with uh, uh, number one man was Jim Gallagher Jr., who played on the tour. And Jeff could have been a club pro, you know, or something like that, or the mini tour, but he's a warrior, you know what I mean? You know, and stuff. And that's who taught me, but it's a great game. And I'm hoping, I don't know if the golf course is open here, but with all this free time and the weather's getting nicer, uh, I'd just at least just go to the driving range and hit some balls and chip and putt. For sure. Like, just get out of the house. But hey, I you you, yeah, know, exactly. you can you, you you can't go to the gym, you can't go to church, but you can go to Walmart now, you know, and everything, <laughs> and, and and all the nuts in there fighting over toilet paper, yeah. or you can go to the liquor store, and ain't no social distancing there. They're all lined up to get their stuff as they can go home and get wasted. It's a messed up world. I mean, it's well, crazy. With all due yeah, golf, in all, in all fairness, I. Like, in all fairness, I appreciate the liquor stores being open, but that that's just me. Um, <laughs> I know. But, but, I uh, can't. I wish I could. Yeah, I, can't. I, 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 can't, I can't drink nothing. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, you're right. They're, 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 they're quadrupling sales. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge business, especially delivery. Um, so yeah. let, let me ask you a question. I know that um, – Back in the day, Luger and Sting and and the Steiners used to love to go out and play golf, and they'd you know put some money, you know, a little cash on the line. Did you ever go out there and school them and take their money? No, no, I never did. I never <laughs> did. I you never. Should. I didn't live in Atlanta, and when I was off and time due, I was home around Nashville, you know, and uh, and and, and you know, no. You could have played the mark. You could have been like, I'll, I'll go out golfing with you guys. I've never played before, but I'll try it. I think I'll be okay. And you could take, you could <laughs> yeah, take in all their hustled money. Them. <laughs> hustled them, yeah. I saw a Rick Steiner's sons uh, got drafted or, or, gonna, or signed with the yeah. Ravens or something. Yeah, he's a fullback. Yeah. It's a lost art. Yeah, but. Uh, oh, he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad but, is uh, a beast. Yeah, his dad is is now. Um, he was on the podcast uh, a, a few months ago. He's a, a realtor in, in in Atlanta, and he's been on the school board for like ten years. I think he's running. Yeah, for, I, knew he I think he's running for board, mayor yeah. or something like that. So he's politics. And I and asked Scott him. Scott owns the Shonies, right? Yeah, and and Scott and, Scott owns the Shonies. Him and yeah, his wife. Yeah, now it's a takeout, I yeah. think. But I guess they just opened up back 
today because I guess George opened up when we're taping this. So, um, so golf aside, I thought that was interesting. Um, how'd you, how'd you get into the wrestling business? Um, uh, you know, as you know, back then, you know, you could be a hell of a high school athlete, but doesn't mean that you could just, um, you know, knock on somebody's right. door and get trained. So I, I'm just wondering I, I, how you went about it. Right. It was hard to get in. No, you're right. It was hard to get in. Uh, I grew up watching it and followed it in school. And then in college, when I got in college, Carson Newman near Knoxville, uh, we didn't ever have cable TV where I live, you know, and I'd never seen anything there. New, I didn't know who Dusty Rhodes or any of them, Bob Backlund, any of them guys, you know, Superstar Graham and Road Warriors and, and all that. And I, was, well, I got in college and then uh, the gym I used to work out at, some of the boys used to work out there. Uh, Steve Kern, Stan Lane, they were the fabulous ones. Dutch Mantel, uh, Bill Dundee, uh, Bobby Fulton, uh, Carl Fargie, I'd see those guys in there. And my dad knew Jerry Jarrett. My dad and Jerry Jarrett almost went into uh, business together, in the car business, um, and and uh, didn't end up didn't do it. But uh, and Steve Kern and Stan had a had a wrestling school then, and uh, I went to their school and uh, and trained with them a while, and then uh, uh, they left and had a falling out with Lawler and went and worked for Byrne and uh, the AWA worked a big deal with the Road Warriors. And uh, so I, I got in with Tojo, Yamamoto, and Gypsy Joe, and I used to train with Tojo after that and do shows with him. And, I, and Tojo got in back in with the Jarrett's, and he got me in with them, and Steven Stan come back. Yeah, but it was hard to get in then. You know, didn't, yeah. they wouldn't just let anybody get in, and they put you through it, you know. For sure. Uh, real oh. hard. So, um at some point, with uh, before you, when you first started getting a little, what you would call a break, I guess, in the business, uh, somebody put you and Steve Armstrong together as a tag team, uh, and eventually become the Wild Eyed yeah. Southern Boys. Kevin and then Sullivan. Business. You Was it Kevin? Kevin? Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kevin did. Kevin it's... Sullivan in '87. I started in '83. I worked '83 to '86 part time loading trucks. My old car job I had when I uh, first broke in the business. And, uh, you know, they, they're pretty lenient, you know, with flexible with the business. And I made, you know, on call during the week and work weekends and, uh, worked for Bill Watts for about a year in the old mid South territory. Remember him? Yeah. yeah. Bill Watts. And, uh, worked for them about a year and then, uh, came back to Tennessee for a while and a run was kind of up there. So Pat Tanaka helped me back in. You couldn't, uh, uh, you know, you have all the social media and everything you got now. So I just sent pictures and a resume and uh, uh, Pat Tanaka and Matsuda and, and Pat's dad, Duke Komeka, yep. uh, you know, uh, were, ran, owned it, Mike Graham, of course, you know, and uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan was booking it. Kevin called me and says he wanted to put Steve and I together and, and put a rebel gimmick on us and work with their tag champs, the new breed. Remember them, Chris Chance yeah. and Sean Royal? Yeah, I grew yeah. up. I, I grew. Yeah. That's what I grew and, up uh, watching Championship Wrestling from Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then they were big heels. They had that song "Fight for Right Party." Now be the other way around. Steve and I in heels and them baby. For sure. You know, and, and uh, went, went down there and worked about a year. Then Cro- what, somewhere in there, uh, Crockett bought out Florida territory, and uh, you know, and everything. And, uh, uh, and so we was there about a year. You know, something like that. We ended up tagged together five years. Uh, about a year in Florida, uh, about a year or so in Continental, two different times a year each time, uh, the old, uh, Forest Territory, and then uh, two and a half years in WCW. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, let me ask you a question without getting yourself in too much trouble. Um, tell me about being a young I'm, I'm just a, a young, good-looking babyface in the territory systems back in the '80s. Uh, it was a whole different world back then, and um, uh, I know, I know, Ricky Morton was on here telling some stories, rock star stories. Uh, I know, the, you know, territory was at a, is a, a little smaller level, but tell me about about that. All of a sudden, you come to Florida, you're thrust, and there's a lot of probably attention that you didn't expect, or maybe you did. Yeah. Uh- well, back then, being on TV, or especially if you're nationwide TV, it really meant something, and they treat you like you're a star. You know what I mean? You know, and and uh, all and girl is crazy, man. You know, uh, and uh, I, I was used to seem like I was always single, and a lot of the guys uh, uh, that were married or had a girlfriend, they 
phone numbers they give them to me, and I have like a talent sheet. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. You know, but you know, there's some you, you turned down and you did, and, but I mean, a lot of times you didn't. You'd have to be in the queer, you know. But it, like you said, it was a different day and age then. There wasn't age, there wasn't all this stuff going around, and uh, you know, and it was wild and crazy and everything. But there's some that I know and and messed around back in the day that I'm still friends with today, you know, that, and, and some are not, you know, and then uh, uh, it was just a wild time. And like you said, it was a different era, and uh, it'd never be like that again, you know. And uh, um, and also, too, in the territories, there wasn't nation before there was nationwide TV. If you went into a new territory, you were a new face, and they never saw you. Right. You were there six months to a year. You could be there longer. You could be there shorter. You know, and uh, things, you know, cable TV changed a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. But so, you, you so, were looked at more as a star. There wasn't as much going on as there is now. You know, of course, there wasn't all this, you know, uh, YouTube and network and all this streaming and fight, all this other stuff they have. You know. No, and in, in, in some towns, in, in some towns, people look forward to whatever night that the wrestling came through every week. That was a, that was for, yeah. for some people. That was you know their and, and, and you know that too. Uh, if, if you a lot of times, if you stayed over at the in the town and worked out of a town for three or four days, the bar right there at the hotel or right there near or whatever it was, it was a big deal. I remember Flair would always, right? He would always plug the bar, plug the gym, where we have the guys give them church, where, right? You know? Yeah, no, plug, 100%. Plug, plug everything. Totally, totally. Drop, drop in the Marriott's yeah. here and there. But um, so yeah. you, but I, I yeah. find that fascinating. Out of all the things that I've heard and doing this podcast for two and a half years, that might be the greatest tidbit you ever dropped. So because you were single, you held the uh, quote-unquote master oh, black geez. book. For the entire uh, yeah, territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever territory it was, I had the talent sheet. And, and we had rules on there, you know, and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, no fence building. Just all oh, is crazy. <laughs> just all good fun, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. Always it was that way. That's a thing of the past, you know. Yeah. Do you have any good stories from we've talked about um, I've talked about on this podcast, the dungeon uh, in Atlanta, where all the boys stayed and party. Do you have any, you have any good? <laughs> dungeon? Dungeons? Oh, my God. Yeah. I heard that in a long time. It's still that, that hotel oh is God. still up and Delane still runs it um, where the really? bar. Yeah. Where the bar used. I went up to do an indie show in Atlanta about a year and a half ago and they, they put us up there. Um, and um, it. uh it's not a Ramada anymore. It's a it's something else. I don't know. Uh, something chain. But um, Delane still runs. Delane still runs it. Delane still runs it. Where the bar was is an exercise room now, and there's a there's a yeah. there's a, like a little restaurant in the back. But they 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 got rid of the whole bar. You have any good dungeon stories off the top of your head? Oh man, uh, I, I, the horseman would always be in there, you know, and uh, the wild. Uh, you know, and Rick buy drinks for everybody. Uh, he'd have he'd walk around with a tray of shooters for everybody, bartender, <laughs> waitresses, everybody. He'd get everybody in the bar drunk. He were would. He were would. Ever, were you ever there when somebody got drunk and challenged Harley to uh, to an amateur fight, and they cleared out the whole bar, uh, all the bar t- uh, stools and that, and uh, and Harley I would think stretch- uh, Bush Reed and Harley got <laughs> to shoot. Yep, in the bar. Were you there that night? Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten who it was, but you're a thousand percent right. It was Butch Reed, and we cleared out all the bar. Butch, stools and, Butch and Harley, and they were friends. They did. It wasn't a fight. They, oh, you know what I mean. You know. Oh and, no, and, they uh, got the uh, first time Butch got him. This next time Harley did. Harley got him. Harley said he didn't know he was really serious. No, they Just got drinking. to. You know they what I mean? Got to drinking. They got to talking, and they uh, w- wanted to see who who could shoot the best, and. Um, and yeah, Harley, as usual, uh, uh, was able to prevail. But he was. Bruce was too. You know, I mean, you know, but uh, Harley's not human. He wasn't human. God bless him. Thank you. I was just yeah. talking. I was. But just I mean, they weren't mad. There wasn't heat with no, him. No, with no, no. them, they, they just wanted to hug after. They hugged afterwards. No, it's uh, and yeah. um, thank you for filling that in because I was just telling that story and uh, I couldn't think of who it was. But you're a thousand percent right. It was uh, butchery. Yeah. Harley and Butch, and they, God, they knew each other forever from the old Kansas City territory, you know? 
Hey, there's a T-shirt that that there's a T-shirt that 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 somebody has has uh, selling with 100% of the proceeds uh, going to your health and 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 helping you out. And um, you could go to uh, uh, just go to GoFundMe and put in Tracy Smothers if you're interested. I know there's a huge a who's who of of um, of of wrestlers um, that have been a part of that. I uh, just took a quick look. Uh, Rhino, Scott Demore, Mick Foley, Jericho, Kerry Silken, uh, Steve Carino, Joey Ryan, Sami Zayn, and, and and tons more that have done so anonymously. Um, and, uh, and and so uh, before I ask the question, I was going to ask you uh, when you see stuff like that. Uh, how does it? How does it? Just you know, for people that might have said you know put $20 and bought a t-shirt, uh, to try to help you out. Cause you gave them some, um, uh, some entertainment in their lives. And, and just to be clear, you didn't do this. It was, uh, somebody like no, I said, I, I never, any of this, those people done benefit shows and, and other to go find me. And I, I never asked or did any of that. Uh, I, uh, I didn't, all I did was, uh, I didn't let no one know, for about, oh gosh, about a month after I started having treatments, because you know how it is. But then I was uh, uh, a couple of shows I was at, I think, uh, Russell Cade somewhere else, uh, Bobby Eaton, that show they did for him, and people could see, got lost weight, and I had to, you know, toboggan on, a bald, and, uh, you know, people started, you know, making assumptions and stuff. So I just came clean with my condition and, and what was going on, and I had been you know, being treated for for a month already. And, uh, um, of course, I'd wait a long time to get diagnosed, and that's when just out of bam, bam, you know, uh, uh, people started reaching out and uh, doing things, you know, like that. And, uh, you know, I, I never asked for I never, I never did that. I never did do that at all. I was trying to just make it, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and everything. But I appreciate everything people have done. And, and I helped a lot of people along the way, and, uh a lot of them come back and help me, you know. And, that, and that's that's what it's I've all got about. Insurance. Well, that's good. I've, I've got stage four lymphoma cancer is what it is, but I've got insurance. But I've been, like I said, I've been hospitalized eleven times within about two three months, and uh, you know, and and it pays some, but I mean, boy, I've had some hefty bills. You know what I mean? And then now I just got a couple a couple of days ago. That's pretty good, pretty big ones, and. Uh, once May starts, when they think when they're opening up the economy, some I look for to be some more of them trickle through. You know what I mean? You know. What? Well, let me ask you a question. What? 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 What surprised or humbled you more? The fact that so many of the boys uh, donated, or the that so many of the fans that may not even really personally know you donated. Both. It's both. both. It, and 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 both. I mean, from from fans and people that you didn't think you was even really cool with and some of the boys that you didn't think you were, you know what I mean? You know, and then some of you thought you were or not, but I didn't expect anything like that or anything from anybody. I really didn't, but I, I certainly appreciate it. But, uh, cause I hadn't been able to work and I haven't been able, you know, uh, you know, uh, and, and then with that coming in with bills like that, and it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh, like you said, you like you said, you helped a lot of people up on the way on the way up, and yeah. uh, and it's called yeah. paying it forward. The, I originally brought a lot the of reached out, and, and like you know, like you said, you know, uh, before you know, and uh, said I talked to you then, and and it just remind me of things like that. Like, you remember this time when you know, you know, things like that. And yeah. Like all right, yeah. So. Uh, I was I was asking you about the T-shirt. There's um, uh, a picture of you wrestling a bear on the T-shirt, and apparently, it, it uh, if you look on the internet, there's not real details about it. But apparently, you had something uh, that became uh, kind of folklore, where you wrestled a bear in Alabama. Uh, uh, yeah, tell me, tell I, I wrestled three different bears oh, when I when I first was wanting to get in the business. Um, I went on a dare and did it at a bar. Uh, in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, it was ginger, 750-pound black bear, uh, and, and did that, three three-minute rounds, and fought for my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and and got out of it. Uh, first guy I saw her wrestle, uh, the guy was a football player uh, for Middle Tennessee State University, and the pros were looking at him. He tried to tackle that bear, and the guy said, don't do it, and he cattle-prodded the bear, the guy that owned the bear. And, uh, boy, she took him down. He hit the back of his head, 
got on top of it, broke his nose because oh he had a buzz along. And they said he had to sign a waiver first of all, if, if you, uh, you know, to, to do it. And, uh, and took him down. He hit the back of his head, blood went everywhere. Then she was on top of him and said, cover your face or turn your head because she's trying to bite you. Well, he's knocked out. And uh, the guy, she almost killed him. And I was oh like God. trying to get out of the hair and the guys I was with, like, wouldn't let, you know, and I couldn't. And, and so I just watched and, and I went three, three minute rounds with Ginger. And uh, that was in 83. And uh, uh, in the se- and, and made it a while. And then the second time was in 86 in Louisiana for Watts. It was a seven foot, 1500 pound grizzly bear. Uh, Nick Adams, who used to pro wrestle some, uh, had, had the bear and it was at a big bar in Louisiana. And, uh, uh, you know, and uh, you remember Chavo Guerrero, senior, yeah. right? Remember yeah. him? Absolutely. Yeah, he, he him, uh, and DJ Peterson, God rest his soul, I was hanging with them. I went on social media with them and I was watching, and I never drank a beer in my life. And I got to talking, I said, man, I said, these, all these big bouncers. All the boys worked on the mall sewer oil rigs. They were uh, um, uh, signed up to do it. And I went, these guys are crazy if they go out there and try to muscle that bear. I said, look at it. It's seven <laughs> foot, 1,500 pound grizzly bear. You know, I said, the best offense, good defense. They're like, how did you know? And they, I drank a beer and I took I took one shot. I never drank a beer, took a shot in my life, and I was wasted. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I said, I've done it before. Well, that's the wrong thing to tell them. Because about seven, eight in, into it, of uh, them wrestling the bear, of, of, of the bear wrestling the, the guys, uh, my name gets called. I went, oh, my God. I had all nice clothes and everything. You know, and I was talking to this tall blind, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I got in there with the bear. And I was like, oh, God. It ripped my clothes. I was like, I've been in a street fight. And in some way, I uh, did something, and I headbutted him. He's up against the turnbuckle. And that bear cinched up on me and about broke me in half. I oh my was God. screaming, man, get this motherfucker off of me. I was hitting him like a man hitting a baby or maybe hitting a man. And uh, Nick dove on the bear, wrapped the chain around him. And I was booking to get out of there, boy. And that bear looked at the side and just pounced and made it from turnbuckle to turnbuckle so fast. You know, a bear, a bear their first, like, they can outrun a horse for like 10, 15 yards. Yeah. And I was so quick. I, I took the hell of a bump getting out of the ring. I shit my pants. I kicked you. <laughs> I thought I had a heart attack. I had on nice clothes that were ripped off. Thank God I had my sweats and T-shirt. I would clean myself up. That was oh, in 86. And in 89, what you saw on the uh, YouTube was the first, the first, the third of three rounds and the first of three nights in a row doing it. And uh, uh, Wendell Cooley, remember him walking yeah. at Wendell Cooley? Yeah. He worked at Atlanta a little while. He hurt his knee and something. Yeah. I don't remember what happened. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, um, Wendell was supposed to have done it with working Dutch Mantel. And uh, Wendell didn't really want to do it. And all of a sudden, he had a knee injury. He had a bad knee. And uh, I, they, Robert Ford knew I'd done it. We worked something out. Well, I worked a tag match. The first night was Birmingham, Alabama. I worked a tag match. Steve and I worked right for Jimmy Golden, old stud stable thing, us a southern boy. And then right before intermission, I did three three minute rounds with the bear. And then I'd have if I waited through with the bear, I had to work Dutch uh in the main event for the belt, the single belt. I worked I worked twice and then wrestled a bear and shot with a bear in the middle of <laughs> three nights in a row. So the first night I'm I'm uh, uh Warming up, I'm actually praying and from this right that bear. I didn't know what he was going to do. It was 10 months old, 550-pound uh, Siberian grizzly bear. It gained 100, over 100 pounds in a month after that. So I didn't know what that bear was going to do, you know. And uh, uh, so I'm just thinking I've got to get through this three nights. So they come up and interview me. And uh, they said, this is going to be on 10 o'clock news. And this lady from the uh, Humane Society, she was going off on me. Uh, she said, how could you be that? Crew to a bear. The bear had it. It only had its back teeth and its claws were trimmed and, and everything. And I just looked at her and I says, "Look, I says I've got to work twice and I got to shoot with this bear in the middle of this and I got to do this three nights in a row. Why are you worried about the bear?" You know? <laughs> and and they they didn't put that on tape. But what you saw on tape was Joe Petticino and Gordon Soley. There's Joe Petticino's show. Got rid, you know, he just died. Yeah, he just and, uh, and Gordon was commentating, and, and Joe Petticino put it on that, that show he used to have in Atlanta uh, uh, that should cover a lot of wrestling. 
and uh, um, that's where that come from. For people who, but, who- uh, I, I, I did three nights in a row after the third night. I mean, I was dead, man. I was wore out. I was in my home. Uh, I, I was jacuzzi, uh, and I would shower, and I'd lay in bed, lay on the floor, and everything for like three days. I mean, I was beat up. Just for people who yeah. who p- people who maybe didn't live through that that time and era, who are wondering why the hell do you have you wrestled a bear three separate territories, three separate times? Back then, that was an attraction. You know, you got Andre in once a year, you got Haystacks Calhoun in once a year, and a bear yeah. would come through when yeah. you wrestled a bear. And uh, yeah, it was and, a big attraction. That's yeah, right. It was a big attraction. Sure so, uh, and and you can't call not long after that the Humane Society they 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 outlawed it. They, they banned it. So, and you can't call spots with a bear. No, no, no. So, oh God, no. You had probably, arguably, uh, your biggest success working in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, talk to me about working for Jim Cornette. Uh, as you probably know, if you pay attention to any social media, Jim is, or even watched on, you know, he's on almost every one of these <laughs> yeah. sides of the ring that they have on. He's very, very outspoken about the business and a lot of things. And just wondering, um, talk to me about working for Jim Cornette back in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, well, when we was in Atlanta, you know, uh, Steve and I worked with him, uh, you know, several times, Bobby and Stan, of course, Jimmy out there with him, and uh, especially that one, the bash, the 90 Great American Bash, uh, hard to believe it was 30 years ago. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and we worked with him before a couple of times in 87 when they came in Florida, you know, and uh, everything, and uh, did that, and it went good. And uh, uh, he was always good to me, uh, and 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 he liked us as a team he liked uh, Stan and Bobby working with us. And back in, when I first come in WCW, you had the midnight express rock and roll. You had road warriors, you had the Steiners, you had doom, uh, man, you had the free birds yeah. and you had Brian Pillman and, uh, uh, Tom Zink. Remember you them look, as a team? You look, yeah, you look yeah. back at those, you look back at those house show cards and there were like six tag team matches in one, in one night. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. kind of like yeah, makes the purpose of a tag team match kind of moot because, you know, if, if you do something like that too much and people get tired of it, you know, the hot tag and all that. But, uh, I always wondered yeah. who, you know, but, uh, yeah, there was a ton of tag teams. I know you guys had a pretty God, good run in WCW with, um, with the, uh, uh, with the Freebirds, uh, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did two or three clashes and two or three pay-per-views with them, as uh, the Southern Boys and the Young Pistols. Dusty, when Dusty come in, he he changed it because the TBS, they didn't want that Rebel Flag thing, uh, you know, on, on Nationwide TV, uh, because then remember the Rodney King thing when all the riots were going around and all that happened, the racial okay. thing. That was going big then, so they switched. That's why they switched to the Young Pistols. But uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, whenever it happened, he, he, him and Stan walked out. Bobby stayed, and uh, he'd stay in touch with me about once a month uh, on, by phone. And there wasn't no cell phone then, you know, and and all. And uh, uh, he came to a couple of shows, and uh, he kept asking, you know, and I was kind of discouraged and wanted to get out of the business and finish college and go coach like my family wanted me to. They're still mad at me because they didn't. But, uh, and he, he said he had something going. He, he wouldn't say what. And then when I got let go, uh, in Atlanta, uh, he hired me there for Smoky Mountain and, and it was going to be a tag. Steve and I, and Steve got a spot in New York, uh, and ended up, he stayed there a few months and they just couldn't take the road. You know, it was brutal then. It was real brutal. Uh, right. And it was going to bring us in as a tag, but then Ricky became free, so they put rock and roll back together, and they needed a single baby face. He wanted Brad Armstrong, and uh, uh, God bless him, you know. And uh, But Brad had re-signed with WCW, you know, and uh, so Brad wasn't available, so he needed someone in that spot, a single spot, so... That's how that happened. And he he got with me, worked with me on interviews and how to get over as a single baby face, you know. And I uh, learned a lot from Jimmy. I mean, he's, he's wealth of knowledge. And I mean, I know that was in the '90s, you know, and everything. But uh, and I keep up with stuff he's said. He's entertaining. But uh, a lot of stuff he's right. But I mean, it's everything evolves and changes, and you know, and and and, and all, and and uh, pros and cons, you know, the stuff he says, but. Uh, you know, it everything's changed. You know, and uh, yeah, 
If yeah, I don't have he, somebody run something, I, I want him to do it. You know, because he, uh, he no one as far as booking, he knows he knows more than anybody I've known. You know, well, we're sort of skipping. I was going to say we're sort of skipping over time here because I want to talk about your your uh, stay in WWE as Freddie Joe Floyd. But before we do, since you mentioned it, you also um, at at uh, one point wrestled for ECW. So I was going to ask you. People say that Paulie and and Jim Cornette, two of the big the best minds in in the modern history of the business. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's what are their differences? What are their similarities? Uh Paul's more more new school, you know what I mean? And then, of course, with ECW, he changed the business, you know, and, and just more hardcore and stuff and do. But but uh, 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 and they both did. Uh, they were a lot alike in a lot of ways. Uh, they both did things, you know. Jimmy was more uh, detailed down the line, or far ahead. Paul could write a card on on a napkin, you know what I mean? You know, and just come up with stuff out of the blue, out of nowhere. And uh, Jimmy put a lot of time into everything, but uh, they were both historians, students of the games, and two of the best interviews and you'll ever hear, you know. And and uh, and uh, you know, one, you know, Jimmy, a Southern guy, and Paul, a New York guy, you know what I mean? So that's old water, you know, for yeah. them. But uh, in some ways, they were a lot alike, and that's why sometimes I guess they had it out, you know. So let but, me ask you a question. But, so let me ask you a question. Tracy, Tracy Smothers walks into a spot show and sees what the booker has for him and looks and kind of says to himself, man, this doesn't make any sense. Why the heck am I doing this in front of 300 people? Who's would be who's the better person to convince you uh, to do what they wanted you to do? Jim Cornette or Paul Heyman? You know, I, I, I couldn't put one ahead of the other. <laughs> You were motivated to go through. I really couldn't. You, you were. Mo- they were two of the smartest guys I ever worked for. Uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett, when he was in and Waller, I got to put Waller in there too. <laughs> Jerry Waller, the, the longevity he had. But but with Jimmy and Paul, they could get you so motivated that you were ready to go through a wall for them. You didn't even think like that with them. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. With those guys, anything that they had to do, you were gung ho and ready to go 110. percent You really were, because uh, you knew they knew that what they were doing, and and they respected the boys, and and the talent of what they had. And they, whatever they asked you to do, you just did it without question. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know. No, no, I don't. I, I know. I was hoping I you could, like that I was anyway. Hoping- I was hoping you could pick one over the other, but I've heard that both of those guys. I really, I really can't. I, I, there are two guys that I was ready to get out of the business when they both hired me at different times, and there's no way I could pick one over the other. And I learned so much from both. And uh, Paul's still going, of course. Yeah. Jimmy is too. Good Lord, he's making a fortune out of his house doing his podcast. Doing the podcast, vegetables, uh, everything. And yeah, he, yeah mostly and, it's uh, all these guys. You know, he, he knocks them and does, but he's making money doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was driving. uh, I had to drive to Nashville a couple of weeks ago, and um, so I started listening to podcasts. And I put uh, Jimmy Cornette's on because I had never heard his podcast, but I'd heard a lot about it. And uh, yeah, he was like, "Hey, I'm sorry for the people who have ordered, but I'm six weeks behind in in getting out orders, and I've been and I go to the post office every single day." He said it goes to the post office every single day, drops off stuff, and he was still six weeks behind. And uh, yeah, his stuff his stuff is really interesting. He has great stuff. And um, there's a book on the uh, like a scrapbook on the Midnight Express. If you guys are, if anybody out there is a fan of, the, I don't even know if he still sells it, but if he does, and you guys are fans of the Midnight Express or 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 just fans of the territorial, he has. He basically, for the entire career of the Midnight Express from Louisiana into Texas, into WCW and, and Crockett Promotions, he has he kept a record of every uh, every night where they wrestled, who they wrestled, and how much money they got paid. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah. And he writes all he, he writes all that stuff. He shows you he puts in um, uh, pay stubs from different territories and uh, and uh, it's 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 actually fascinating for somebody who's, who's never seen anything like that. So if 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 he's still selling that and if, if anybody out there, you know, I'm not trying to pimp for Jim Cornette. He's doing just fine. But uh, but the book is, is yeah. fantastic. Um, so let's talk about Freddie Joe Floyd. I did not realize until. I started uh, researching for interviewing you that Freddie, Freddie Joe Floyd was a rib on Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Did you know that when you came in? 
Well, I didn't know what it, they interviewed everybody that, that when they brought us up and uh, give it your background and everything else. And they gave me that. And uh, I didn't know till my first day uh, and was told that, uh, you know, that uh, where that come from. And uh, I, and something Freddie was one of them's first or middle name and Floyd was the same way. And Bowlegs, Oklahoma was around Oklahoma where they were from in the area, something like that. Yeah, Freddie was and, Jack's uh, first name and Floyd was Jerry's first name. Yeah, and Joe, I think, yeah, was one of their I, middle names. Okay, yeah, it was something like that. And that, that's kind of where, where that all come from. And, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I can remember Jerry Briscoe and Vince and, and sitting down at the table I was eating at my first day, and they told me that. And I can remember Jerry Briscoe uh, uh, said something about a guy named Larry Briscoe out of Florida was using the Briscoe name and was doing jobs on the Florida TV. And uh, um, Vince, like, perked up. His eyes got real big. <laughs> and he goes, oh, he goes, I bet Jack didn't like that. <laughs> and uh, but when he did that, I knew I was screwed. <laughs> I knew I was screwed, and and I thought, oh Lord, uh, because I had heard years ago uh, when they were on the road, Jack and Jerry on the road, and that's when their boys were going two, three months not getting days off. But I think Jack just went home. Yeah, you know did. what I mean, and then walked out. And uh, um, I don't know, you know what I mean. I don't know if there's hard feelings there or what, you know. But uh, I was like, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I found out the details later. And when I heard that banjo music uh, come on, I thought, wow, I had worked in 15 years. And I thought, good Lord, I, I thought I am in trouble. <laughs> was, was was Jerry cool with it at least? Was Jerry cool about it? He had to yeah. Been. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, had to be. I, I I know I know Jerry. He lives right down the street, actually. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's, he, has a yeah, he has a good yeah, sense yeah, of humor, but but he has a good sense of humor. But if he ever Jerry, Jerry's kind of like Harley. If he ever if he ever gets mad at you, run as fast as you as you can. Yeah, oh yeah, especially Jack. God rest his soul. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know the history or, or the story behind all that. I don't. I don't. I just remember that when Vince's eyes got big. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I think it was more of the, uh, a rib on Jack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause so Jerry stayed with him 84 yeah. till recently. And some, they said he got released, but then they said it was a furlough. So, you know, I mean, I think I, there I don't know. I, I really don't know that much about no, it. No, I don't either. Know. And, and, and Jerry, doesn't... I don't know why you would want to rib two guys like that. <laughs> you know, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. No, for sure. Um, uh, you know, but, but, you know, Vince is like that. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, he's a vampire. If he sees something will get to somebody, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, when he said that about Jack getting upset about, uh, Larry Briscoe and Vince's eyes got all gone. I thought, oh, Lord, I'm screwed. <laughs> That's, great. That's yeah. great. So, um, hey, Tracy, thank you so much for coming by. Um, uh, what what are the next uh, this coronavirus craziness aside? What are the next steps for you to to be able to knock on wood, be able to uh, beat this thing? Uh, just I just trying to, to get back. I can't. I have to. I can work out a little bit. And I'm trying to watch what I eat somewhat. It's hard with this virus thing, you know. And I'm so limited to what I can do physically, but I want to get back doing my old delivery job. Uh, but I, 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 right now, I can't renew my license. My license has expired. I got to have a valid license, uh, and 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 I can't renew my license because it's closed down. Yeah, it's closed. Uh, license place is closed down. I can't do it. And uh, get back doing that a little bit and do some shows. I, I'm not going to be able to work for a while. Uh, I still got the port in me uh, from the chemo in case if it flared back up they could you know treat me and uh so i can't take a bump for uh, i'm gonna have this in me at least a year and uh, but i could do appearances and shows sign you know what i mean you know man yeah no absolutely like yeah and uh you know and uh and then do the little delivery job on the side but that's a little ways off where i can do that and it's kind of a blessing that i didn't i ain't not able to get my license and get back because i really don't need to be uh out and about and around people, you know, with my condition right now, with this virus going on like it is. 
Yeah. You know what, I mean? you know what's inspiring to me, Tracy? You know what's inspiring to me, man? Um, and I got to be honest with you. You just had the battle of your life. And 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 when I asked you what what was next, you said, "I just want to I want to get back to work." Basically, is what you said. That, that, that yeah, yeah. You, you got to love that man. You're a fighter, and yeah. and God bless you. And uh, like I said, when I almost I always, died twice. That yeah, God me, God yeah. bless. I mean, I, I I say that that nicest guy in the business is a term that's thrown around in wrestling, maybe a little bit too much. There are a lot of nice guys, but there's some that are thought of as nice guys that maybe, eh, maybe uh, not, not as nice. You're one of the good ones, Tracy. You were the first one to come up and, well, and give me a to get back and have a normal life. I, I, you know? I want us all to get back and have a normal life. And I, I pray yeah, for you. Yeah. I pray for you and your health. And I'm so glad that you're still here uh, so that we could talk about your career. And um, Hey, let's, let's hope that in uh, uh, six months or a year, we could have you back and, uh, and, and, and hear you plugging yeah. away on, uh, on on you know all the places you're going to be uh, appearing uh, uh, in yeah, conventions absolutely. and stuff. So God bless you. Thanks Thank you so much me. for Sorry, your time. No, it's great, great stuff. And um, if people want to follow you, you're, I'm assuming you're on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, just Tracy Smothers. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right, and and yep. folks, if you want to buy one of those T-shirts to um. To support Tracy, 100% of the proceeds go, and it's the GoFundMe that was set up by Chris Hero, uh, not by Tracy, and um, uh, and and I'm sure that he Chris uh, Bradland's his real name. Chris like Bradland, you know. yeah, for him, known yeah, as and Cash. also my book. Uh, 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 you can go to uh, Eat Sleep Wrestle. No comma in between any of them. EatSleepWrestle.com. Look under John Cosper, who's on my Facebook, also too. Uh, it's been out just a few weeks. And, oh, I didn't uh, realize you, you know, had. I didn't realize you had a book. We'll yeah, we'll just throw that. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw that on there in the in the when we uh, put the uh, put the promo up. We'll find that and we'll text me text me the link for that and um and we'll put that up for sure. So uh, and I, I'm gonna buy me a yeah, copy I'm as well. Sure I'll just I'll send it to you. Just remember eatsleepwrestle.com. No comma between the eat sleep wrestle any of that. That's all you got to know. You know, and and it, it'll take you right to it. EatSleepWrestle.com. Well, Tracy, glad to hear yeah. your voice. Uh, stay safe and um, keep in touch. Under John Cosper. Okay, yeah, thanks. Talking. Thanks for having me, Dave. Good talking to you. Hope you enjoyed that, folks. The one and only Tracy Smothers. And um, I'm so happy that he is here to be able to be on our podcast and tell his stories. And uh, the booking sheet story with all the girls' phone numbers for all the married guys is probably maybe the greatest story in the history of Sitting Ringside podcast. Uh, I don't know. It's close. I'd throw Scott Steiner in there and, and some others, but that might that might be the best one ever. So we hope you enjoyed that. And God bless Tracy. If you want to support him, you could go to his GoFundMe page. Uh, you could buy a T-shirt of him wrestling a bear uh, and all proceeds go to him and uh, God bless him, man. Yeah. Say, what do you want to do now that, uh, you know, you seem to be turning the other corner and the guy, poor guy says, I just want to go back to work. Uh, uh, it's what a, what an inspiration. Uh, and I mean that, and, uh, I didn't realize he had a book out, but he does. And we'll put the uh, link to that book, uh, wherever, uh, you see this podcast, there'll be a link there that you could go and purchase that book. I'm going to do so because I'm looking forward to more fun stories from Tracy Smothers. And of course, we wish him the best and hope to speak to him down the road uh, once things are even better for him. And I want to thank him because uh, his time is valuable and uh, and appreciate coming on and sitting ringside. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, you all stay safe. Follow me on Twitter at David Penzer, all one word. Let's talk. And um, and we'll see you next week right here. I'll still be sitting ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. You know, Daniel, there was something last week that I wanted to mention here on the podcast that, uh, quite frankly, I just forgot to write down my little, you know, show notes that I, I put uh, in front of myself as we're doing this show, and that is about the uh, the the Ali Act expansion to MMA. Of course, this has been a 
hot topic uh, for, I mean, I mean, it feels like four or five years now, as of course, uh, there is a, a crew of people that have been lobbying to get this act expanded to MMA. Of course, we know it's obviously in boxing. And, and about two weeks ago, I reached out to somebody that I knew would have information on that. And I said, Hey, you know, you know, really haven't heard anything about this, you know, recently. And really what would made me kind of reach out was more about of, you know, kind of seeing everything going on in the MA industry about, you know, our fires getting paid for cancel shows and, and things along those lines. And uh, I was told of basically, yeah, not much news happening on the Ali act expansion to MMA, uh, that the last time the bill was in committee, it did not make it out of committee. And of course, Daniel, I think everyone listening to us podcast knows, I, I don't exactly see the Ali Act expansion MMA being at the top of the priority list for our politicians. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things are getting pushed back um, across the uh, landscape of sports and, and not only sports, but uh, so many other things, right? Like uh, it's just um, – it, it's a situation where I think when you're looking at the Ali Act expansion – I think for something like that, I'm not particularly educated on how legislature gets passed, but I think for that, I would assume it's going to require some degree of momentum um, and some sparking events. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.